Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready, and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 161 of the No Encore Music Podcast, in which we discuss music on the podcast. I'm liking this. That was sedate. very calm. Yeah. That was Smooth. Very... We need some, like, under, like, some kind of bed music that's a bit, like, quiet bed storm. Music. <laughs> <laughs> a musical bed of quiet storm. Should I try and talk about that for, like, the first couple of minutes and just, like, like ease into it? Yeah, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's I... like you're riding the ASMR wave a bit. Could you whisper yeah, yeah. it and... I got a message recently, I got a voice message recently from a certain Andrea Cleary of the 909 podcast, and it was the most ASMR thing of all time, and she realized it was about 10 seconds in and kept going with it. It really upset me. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get that thing. It, it sounds like the person's crawling into your ear, and it just makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. Yeah. Do you ever see those microphones with the ears on either side of them? Yes. Obviously. That thing's <laughs> mental. They're really expensive as well. Are they? Yeah, madly expensive. Well, what we like to do on this kind of show is we like to talk about tunes and things that have moved us in the past few days. I've realized while listening back to several episodes of No Encore that I use the word like too much, and I'm going to try and not do that on this very episode. But coming up this week, guys, something I'm very excited about, three years in the making, God knows, of recent Gana family fame, yeah. is finally No Encore. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that. I used to be like, Vanilla Jones is No Encore. Did you? Yeah, I On like, the show? Instagram captions and the like. <laughs> oh, did you, not on the show, though. Well, I'd say it as a sentence. I'm doing it now. I feel like I would have called you out on that. 
You can do that right now. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's been a week of calling things out, hasn't it? In many, many ways. Let's get to it, shall we? That's right. I wrote a piece about the Fontaines, or as they're also known, Fontaines DC. You more wrote a piece about the hype around Fontaines and the reaction to negative reviews and stuff. Right? And how fucking bored I am of the whole thing. And yes, I the whole thing extremely bored. I know. Just Twitter at the moment is so annoying. I know by writing stuff. a piece about it, I'm just adding to the discourse and, and continuing it on. But you know me. I love a good, I love a good rook. So break it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Degeneration X. <laughs> Give me the 411. DJ Lethal, bring it on. <laughs> well, okay, the 411, Dahi, I'm glad that you, you asked, is that essentially, obviously, we talked about the album last week. Go back to last week's episode to listen to our review of Dog Rule. You gave it a 7 out of 10. 7, I thought it's pretty good. I gave it a 5.5. Craig gave it a 5. I've since kind of lowered my score a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Craig Fitzpatrick. <laughs> well, the ratings right. are whatever. Uh, although I would mention them in the context because they got five out of five in The Guardian and The Enemy. They got eight out of ten in Notoriously Hard to Impress Pitchfork, as we all know. And it just seems every week there's a new review and a new uh, flow of gushing. Like a... <laughs> like a... <laughs> flow of gushing. I was going to say, like an unruly... <laughs> like, an un- like an unruly tap in the bathroom sink that you just can't fix. And essentially, um, I'm a bit sick of it. So this week, the latest hubbub was that in the Pitchfork review, the reviewer mentioned an interview that the singer from Fontaine's did with yeah. Noisy, in which he praised Girlband for their influence and mentioned that, you know, before Girlband opened up the doors, it was all diddly eye bollocks, and that's what it meant to be an Irish band. Yeah. Naturally no, You're enough. paraphrasing there, but yeah, that is essentially what it was like. Uh, okay, well, if I'm paraphrasing, then go on, give me the full comment. Oh, no, I can't remember. He just didn't say bollocks, <laughs> and I think he just said diddly eye. Yeah, it was, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was on those lines, just, and yeah. if, if, you know, even, even the... It was the, a really weird comment, like, it's just, it seems really, really strange. The right? section was truncated, people got really mad. There was a thread on Twitter, as there always fucking is. Now, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say for the record here, the only thing that really offended me in that interview was the comparing like them to the Walkmen and the Rash. I'm, I'm sorry, lads. Different Sacrilege. leagues here. Different leagues, not on the They same. might get there. They might. I hope they do. I so do like, I. Like, again, worth clarifying. I have no, no beef with the Fontaines. None. Whatsoever. I just wasn't mad about the album, and I'm a bit sick of the fucking hype. If it was... Frank Ocean getting the same press every single day I'd probably be bored of Frank Ocean like it's just that that's the nature I, I probably wouldn't. wouldn't be bored of Frank no. Ocean because it's Frank Ocean <laughs> but at the end of the day <laughs> Fontaine's are no Frank Ocean and never I, let a bad word be saved and I know Frank Ocean <laughs> I'm just thinking in the news section we have uh, one yeah, of the yeah. stories is Frank Ocean did an interview <laughs> <laughs> it's about damn time there's someone who knows how to step in and out of the I know he's a master so effectively people got mad because they were saying that this is really dismissive, it's really stupid, it's really dumb, it's really insensitive, it's complete hand-waving, what are you talking about, you're disrespecting everybody. And then, in the sea of all of this, you of course have people saying, we're just a nation of begrudgers. <laughs> Which to me, is the hackiest of hack arguments. It's such a funny one, like, it happens all the time. It means well. nothing. It means nothing. Well, it, do- it certainly doesn't mean anything leveled at, say, music critics when there's clear examples on a weekly basis of said people championing Irish yeah. acts. So you can't just decide on, on like the rare occasion they don't quite like an album. We've that's gotten to the stage now, though, like, where any criticism whatsoever equals you're a begrudger. And I'm like, that's fucking insane because you're allowed to criticise something. And also, like, I don't really care about Fontaine's being authentic or inauthentic. I don't care because I'm not 
I'm not patriotic. I don't bleed green. I don't give a shit. I don't mm. love Dublin enough to want an album that's about Dublin. And I don't care enough to get riled up about it. I'm more, I think his comments were obviously a bit ignorant. But that's fine. I even said in the article, I was but like... But also, I don't mind to him. Like, he's young over and the, I don't and mind... Over the span of an interview, you can sometimes just come out with stuff. Dude, you know, I do we it on all the fucking podcast yeah. every fucking yeah. week. And yeah. I don't mind a rock and roll from him being a bit rock and roll. That's, that's grand. It's welcome, if anything. Say shit. Get yeah. people pissed off. That's a good thing. And all yes, of this is a good thing, job. by the way. All the publicity is good for them, of mm-hmm. course. People get really fucking upset, though, because the begrudger thing to me really, really bothers me. It's not exclusive to the Fontaines. It's, it comes up a lot. It comes up with Hozier, other stuff as well, and not just music stuff. Mm-hmm. If you criticize anything from your own nation, it's, it's, you're, you're a begrudger. And like, to me, that is up there with like clickbait and snowflake as words that just are now knee-jerk things that don't really have a lot of context to them and just mean this kind of like thing which doesn't yeah. actually have any grounding in it, doesn't actually uh, advance a conversation. There's no real nuance to it whatsoever. And it's bizarre, because I've seen people be like, they're allowed to criticise Irish music if they want to. I was going to say, the grand irony of the whole thing that went down on Twitter <laughs> was just don't be grudge them. And then, yeah. yeah, so it's like, they're allowed, like, people are allowed to have, like, criticise things, but you're just a begrudger. So I'm like, wait a second, that's gatekeeping. Yeah. That is ridiculous. You're, like, that is so contradictory. And ultimately, yeah, as a critic, as a music critic, I, of course, would, like, rage against that because I just find it to be so eye-rolling and stupid. But I think even on a basic level, you're so fucking wide of the mark that you're pissing me off and I'm so bored. And I wrote the article to try and put a fucking nail in this coffin, at least from my own point of view. Not in the career of Fontaine's. Don't, don't take me wrong here. Um, I don't really know what else I can add. I'm just really tired of the whole thing. I did find it funny, though, that I've been... I wouldn't say inundated, but I've received many messages from musicians privately who were very, oh, really? very happy with what I wrote. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> that tells you something. Uh, well, you went to a gig last night and got fucked up. I did. I got, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I am very tired and very uh, fuzzy. Rocking the Dua Lipa t-shirt though. Love yeah, that. I said I needed Looking some well. comfort, so yes. I put on the old Dua Lipa t-shirt. Uh, yeah, I went to Christian Laffer who we talked about last week in the podcast. Um, interesting gig. It, it, like, the doors were at eight, and he started at about like nine or so. Mount Alaska were supporting. We were an Irish band. We were very good as well. Um, but he was finished by 11. So for a dance act, it was like really, really surprising. And what time did you... Uh, I uh, was pretty <laughs> having a good time throughout the whole gig and afterwards it was great uh, it was the first big one of the year it was the first big big outing of the year so it was good uh, you're entitled it was an interesting it was an interesting audience as well it was like um, I'm sure they were really interested yeah it was really yeah. interesting it was an older crowd that I expected them to be Yeah, and then it was also it seemed to be like a lot of people who would like kind of listen to Christian Loeffler kind of on their own, if you know what I mean, it wasn't yeah. a very like a like a, a group gig kind of thing. We were like, saying last week that the kind of music that he does would mm. it would lend itself to an interesting experience, not your kind of exactly typical yeah, techno yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So yeah. it was a, quite an interesting. And he starts he started off really slow and kept this very very like atmospheric thing. And I was like, wow, this is actually way slower than I thought it was going to be. And it was almost quieter as well. And then just slowly over the course of the thing, he just built and built and built and built and built. And uh, I think the volume even went up like progressively through it oh I'll bet like, it did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, progressively yeah. are you, are you, you trying say? to say that like no, no. Light, the lights were getting brighter <laughs> <laughs> I fell down this pocket between time and space itself <laughs> Hell of a gig. It was a transcendent gig. It was great. It was I'm very, glad. Very I'm really good. glad for it you. It was enjoyable. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, um, happy enough. <laughs> so, 
Uh, yeah, Bruh. on the show coming up, now Popcorn, which of course is no encore's movies spinoff, arrives next week, episode four. Myself and David Higgins talked about Green Room, a really fucking intense film, which uh, you should definitely not watch if you're in a certain state of mind, um, or rather lack thereof. Mm. Uh, yeah, so enjoy that. But first of all... I actually watched that this week. Did you? Yeah, I did. All right. Sorry, I just realized that that's how tired I am now. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, sure, I just watched that. Yeah, For the first time? For the first time, what did Ooh, you think? Okay. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really, really good. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's very good. It's really, very um, it's so it's intense. quite intense. Yeah, like doesn't go the way you'd expect it to go. No, like, I, I can't really get like... into much more. If going into the spoilers, three but... of us were in a similar situation, if No Encore did not <laughs> did not a live show and we were barricaded <laughs> in by presumably angry Fontaine's fans, yeah, who were going to, you'd be the first to go for yeah. sure. Based on what? Just I just can just Cowardous. tell. <laughs> Cowardous. <laughs> <laughs> I can just tell. <laughs> I think I'd be the last to go. No, I think Why? Craig. Why did you I think say that? I, I think, think Craig, I'm, Craig would I'm a survive. survivor. Yeah, yeah. Craig, Craig against all odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that I would do some sort of brave, yeah, you like thing, sacrifice us to after save after you. We'd last day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think I could negotiate my way out of the experience. What <laughs> <laughs> a write a, angry write a thing piece, it? <laughs> I think I'm that charming. Yeah. The mistreatment of podcast hosts. Give me a laptop. That would be your undoing. Your hubris. You'd be like, I'll sort this out. Like, I think no, I'm, Dave, don't I, do I feel I feel like I'm resourceful enough. Yeah. Know? I think we'd all get out. We'd be grand. No, one of us is going down. Can we call the film Big Rogers? Yes. <laughs> Big Rogers 2. Still begrudging. <laughs> okay, so uh, rather than jump into the news as we always do, we're gonna we're gonna just talk to God knows for half an hour because yeah, I was, was really, amazing. He was great. He's fucking cool and I mean like let's just not tee it up any further. This is God knows. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, after three years in the making, we have God Knows on the podcast. Yo, the man I'm very happy. I'm very excited. And as has been pointed out by our trusty engineers, we are, in fact, on a deadline here. we got 45 minutes. Oh, really? Let's see what happens. Let's just go. It's release day for Crown, your debut single. Yes. You just tweeted it out this second. Yes. Before you come in to record. Literally. You're on the fly. How are you feeling? I am feeling um, nervous, excited, I guess, in a way that kind of feeling of... Wow, like, I really love this. I really love this tune, uh, number one. Shout out to Aware Leon uh, from Paris, produced the tune. Amazing. Um, mixed by my brother Merle, uh, killed it. Of course, you know, secret vocals on there, but I didn't want to, because then people will be like, oh, Rusangano have a new song. It's just lousy on Rusangano, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we're cool. Yeah, but yeah. he's the one, he's the, he's the mastermind, man, behind... Um, the mix of the of the tune um, and making it sound right, he made me sound crispy. So shout out to Merli as He's well. He's amazing. I was down in Limerick in where he kind of is working out of. Is he still working in the same place for you? Yeah, yeah, for now. Amazing. Shout out to, congratulations to Merli as well. He's going to Paris on a residency as well. No way. Nice. Yeah, yeah, Holy yeah. Shit. Yeah, man. He's, he's genuinely, um, I hate to sound cliche or something, but. He's my favorite musician on the planet, to be honest with you. Just because he can do it all, mix, produce, MC, sing. He's got it. He's got dance moves as well. Like so, so he he mixed the record, <laughs> and but like you you wrote it and recorded it in Funkhouse, is that right? Yes. So this was done it at the People Festival. Amazing. Yeah, man. It, yo, People Festival. I could talk 
20 yeah, yeah, yeah. years about that. So but for people who don't know, it was a festival in Berlin yes. at a Mecklenburger Hotel That's with right. Justin Vernon and the National. That's right. And they brought a huge amount of really, really gifted artists together. Yes, but we're just um, blessed to be among them. <laughs> you're included, no, you're included. And then it was in Funkhouse, which if people don't know, Funkhouse is like one of the most incredible recording studios in the world. It's like this East Germany really strange place yeah like, it was like a it was like a like before so sort of like a bbc of its time yeah like a broadcasting suite like yes a, from from back in the day and it's still i guess being used we actually met the owner of it and he was showing us other parts of it that weren't used as well so it's massive so yeah it's, it's amazing so did you record like crowns and the stuff around it like during that festival yes so Incredible. crown we, you know, um, Aware works with Woodkid, uh, the producer and extraordinaire in yeah. many ways. One of the best dressed people I've ever met also. <laughs> but um, seriously, all them off-white shoes, all those shoes that you like <laughs> drool over, he had them. And I was drooling all over his shoes. So literally, that I guess maybe that's how we made friends with Woodkid. We were just imagine this how crazy People Festival uh, was like. We were literally by the bar, and because you know, because you're so far in your own lane, sometimes you don't see what people look like. You may hear of them, but you never really go, "Oh, that's Dahi. That's what he looks like." Yeah. yeah. But we were at the bar, you know, free. There's free a lot, free everything. But then at this particular bar, it wasn't free. We didn't know that. So we're just <laughs> sitting there having chats. And then, you know, we're all feeling fancy. So we all order cocktails. And then we realize, oh, kind of got to pay for this. And it's not that we didn't have money. It's just, you know, it's, you're in your comfortable clothes at this time <laughs> in, the, in the hotel, which is where all the musicians and everyone was. And then uh, this lovely French gentleman, uh, you know, uh, turns over and say, "Hey guys, I'll I'll buy that for you guys, you know." And he was no like, way. "Oh man, this is very lovely, lovely, <laughs> lovely person." Then, you know, because then he told us who he was. Then was like, "Oh snap!" And then you go and go and check everything because now you want to have a proper conversation. You don't want to go, "Yeah, that thing that you do." So you go and yeah, read yeah, up yeah. on you it. Know and what it you're like, talking about, yeah. Man, this this is the real deal right here, and. You know, that's from there we have we worked on a lot of music in, in Berlin and we got a chunk of Rusangano music and then uh, you know, individual stuff that kind of came out on its own for ourselves as well. The track right. is like I mean, like I think it's an interesting kind of um like it's got a duality to it in the, as much as like both in terms of the production and even the title and just everything about it and the fact that you're going out on your own for this debut single and like in a solo is very much a statement of intent. Yes. But also, at the same time, you take the time to kind of shout out a lot of other people. And it feels almost like it's not so much that you're like, oh, look, I'm, I'm so far ahead of you guys. You're being incredibly inclusive while also making your own kind of statement. I mean, like, was that like a deliberate choice or am I just reading too much into it? No, no, that's the, I'm you know, it's funny. I, I met up uh, while I was walking to get something at Tesco and then I'm, I saw one of the lads, one of the other dope MCs that I shouted out uh, from Same Difference, Hazy. And he's like, yo, you know, so-and-so just told me that you just, you just shouted me out on the tune. And then the first thing that came in my mind was, ah, that's just God knows. 
you know, I guess that's that's the reputation I have. I, I've always been that person who doesn't want to leave anybody behind. Yeah. Or never likes to see that this is not being represented because I was always, I was always alone in terms of only black kid in school. You know what I mean? Sometimes people don't go back to give props to people who were doing it already. Yeah, because yeah. I was that person. I didn't know that Scary Era had, you know, done all these big gigs and, you know, uh, you know, supported U2 at the time, you know, and all these great things. So I wanted to make sure, like, those guys are still killing it. Those guys can still do it. But then at the same time, I know that the Southwest sometimes gets underappreciated. So then I took time to shout out some people from Limerick and Cork. And then also, of course, the the time that we're in today, some MCs that are killing it, like JLO and Jafaris and mm. also Merley. So it's kind of like, you know, foresight, insight and hindsight at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty cool as well, because, I mean, you're right. There is like a through line. Like you hear in most of your bars on, on Rusangano, like that you reference other artists all the time. I mean, this is pretty unique in that you're referencing a, like a massive slew of um, Irish artists. And every single time I talk to you, it always seems like you are almost like a fucking historian of this shit. <laughs> like, you know, so many of the different people and where the scenes are coming up. And you seem to study it for so, so long. But what's really interesting about it as well is that like there's a kind of a, a new kind of found build up that everybody knows about. There's like a kind of a reemergence of hip hop right now. And people are really, really paying attention to it. But like Rusangano and, and you in particular kind of it almost feels like you're kind of like godfathers of that scene where like you are the people who started that kind of kickoff. And that's like super, super exciting. Jeez, that's mad. That's a big compliment. But that's what um, it feels like, right? Like, I mean, especially I since would agree, yeah. Award, I like, like, I mean, even like the way you phrased it there, I was thinking that in my head and I was kind of like, that would be a lot to necessarily put on someone, but like it, it shakes yeah. out to me. Like, I mean, it like does, it's always it feels been there, way, but anyway. it's been put on a bigger platform because of the stuff, right? Wow. Shout out to G.I. Costello, Working Class Records as well. Um, mm. Again, I never want to take props from people who were plugging away and it just yeah. so happens that, you know, oh my gosh, look, the black lads from America started this thing and look, now there's black lads. No, black lads are doing it. It's like, nah, man, you know, let me give respect to people who also are on the grassroots because certain people, you know, just probably didn't want the spotlight as well. So I kind of wanted to be like, yo, let's make it fair. There's, there's these man and there's these man and then then these guys over here yeah. do you know what I mean so that's what so that's kind of like the second part of the song and it just so happens I was in Berlin so there was the kind of like a pride in me kind of to be like yeah man we're really killing it right now yeah you're almost representing a scene while you're yeah. over there kind of thing and the first verse first, my first verse it, I guess because because of everyone I'm shouting out it kind of goes underappreciated a little bit but like that was kind of also my heart and soul poured out uh, on that as well kind of like man this is what's happening in the world right now but this is what's happening in my scene right now so mm. you say that you know Ireland wasn't ready and obviously in a lot of ways Ireland is a country that's behind the times and takes a long time to catch up to things when did you notice that it was like when did you notice the change um well I think it's still we're still we still still got a long way to go <laughs> you know I'm happy I'm happy we're, we're, make, we're taking strides shout out to Jafaris we're still moving towards it but i think there is a gap between i mean it's the whole state funded radio in the uk thing where bbc one extra being started by austin uh darbo uh in the uk it, it kind of uh well and, and a few others but um they 
were already picking up on the work that three, I think, three scenes had already done. Jungle, uh, drum and bass, garage, grime. I'm almost four scenes of like, you know, four generations of different types of music and legacies and, and emphasis. And let's not forget what reggae music did in the UK as well. You know, all of that. There's so much great legacies of music that they produced in that time and then bbc one extra and capital extra and choice at the time it's like there's you on your way to school these kids are being raised to wiley they're being raised to uh so solid crew they've been raised to all this music and i think that has given them what they have that's the shoulders that they're standing on whereas for us in terms of what we're doing i think what makes us special in a way is that there's a Dahi and there's a God knows, there's a, you know, girl band and there's a Loa and then, you know, because it's not just similar things. And I think that's something that I guess we've fallen into as Risangano as well. But I see now that there's more of a definition of what urban music is in Ireland as well. I don't know, there's years, there's a separation, you know, there's a separation between maybe the, the producers of certain shows uh, who go, well, they got to be at a certain level. But it's like, nah, man, they are. You don't know that. You just assume that they're not. Uh, God Knows My Name Is John put out an album and I remember when it wasn't nominated for the Choice Prize. Yes, that was the very first one. Man, shout out to my brother, John. And I remember like writing, I was one of many people who wrote at the time that this was like, why isn't this here? This is ridiculous. Like this feels like a snub. It feels like people haven't, people are, have slept on this That's thing. I fell in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then a year later, like sweeping the fucking choice prize at Rusangano to the point where like everyone who's in that room has told me like it was like the most open and shut case ever. Like it was like all the judges were like, what's Rusangano, isn't it? And they went through the, you know, the deliberations as, as you do as a judge, but it was like a clean sweep. It's, it's, I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that. I wasn't. <laughs> in the room I'm just saying what I've heard from people who may or may not have been in that room but like to go from that and then a year later I got a story to tell but I'm gonna shut up <laughs> you can tell whatever you want man. Like, no 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 you know this about, podcast this about, is like... the, about the choice uh, no 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 oh man that sounds wrong it sounds like I, I got a, a mean story to tell no it's just on the night I was so nervous and uh, shout out to Colin um yeah, he literally, it was like a man who had news, but he didn't want to tell you news. <laughs> so he stayed away from me as much as he could. And then after we won, he was like, I had, so I, he knew coming in and yeah. he was hanging out with you guys. Before, no, because you know the way you go and make the, the decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he stayed away from me. Because I, I wanted to go and hug him, but then he ran away from me. <laughs> and I didn't know why, but I only understood. That's cool. I mean, I, like, like, I yeah. only understood after. I was like, <laughs> I see now. Yeah, he told us about that. He told us that, that he was in a, in a weird dilemma where he was like, I have to tell him, but I can't tell him. <laughs> he was so excited, yo. But this is the start of something amazing. It is down to me and my brothers here, I guarantee you, the Irish music will never be the same again.
There's an amazing Dude. photograph. Yeah, of... man. You see shock on my face. That's real. It's an incredible photograph. What like, a photograph! Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, when, when the winning is announced, and it's, it's great because like there's even like other musicians from different bands in the background kind of looking on. Uh, that, that whole experience must have just been surreal. Like I say, to go in the space of a twelve months where like it's you know people are probably only talking about your music on the fringes, and then it's like officially the best album in the country for the for the first recent Ghana record. Um, and then since then, I mean, like, you know, you've been crazy busy, but you've also kind of shied away from perhaps some obvious moves. Like, I mean... You, you yeah, know. I mean, it's just, again, that's the tightrope. It's the tightrope. As Rusangano, we, we we also walk on because our music comes first. Mm. You know, our music comes first. And um, that's something that we wanted to always honor the music and not not be put in positions where the music was going to suffer um so that's something that made us relax because also we were we were going and going from 2015 to the point we won the choice so we were kind of like geez we've been going let's let's pump the brakes and relax a little bit you know because we just been going and going and going i don't want to you know it was a thing of uh, a decision we made that we don't want to start alienating the people that actually love the music by still being in your faces you know, because you right, win the yeah, choice, yeah. then you're back in people's faces again. So we did the opposite, uh, and then you know what I mean. I mean, we it's can... a crazy, it's a crazy thing because, like, generally people, like, you know, there's a panic there where you're just like, well, if I go away, will people care anymore? Yeah. I mean, was that on your mind at all? Not really, just because we had been, we had really, we really were, uh, we really were working so hard, and I think from there. Um, my my personal stuff as well. I I literally uh, went through a tough 2018. I think we talked yeah. about it when, yeah, when we hung out that yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but um, yeah, like it's it's 2018 was a difficult year, so it, it it was a good time to it was a good time to kind of chill a little bit. And while continuing making music, because the beautiful thing is that we have, we have tons of Rusangano stuff that's that's also there. We're just trying to figure out time and yeah. when we want to release that, really. But so I took that opportunity to seek out people that I love and respect and admire, and I wanted to learn. I kind of took it as an opportunity to learn. There's so many things I want and still want to learn. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, I want to see the way this person records. Oh, that's why they record that like that okay, do they write their song first or do they just go in and do this? And that was kind of the journey that I went on. And I wanted to do that with, you know, I love and respect so many musicians in Ireland. I just... Well, one of those, uh, you got in touch with me a couple months ago about Denise Chela. Yeah, Denise has been around us and you know you've seen her at those shows. two tracks you sent me are incredible yeah and man. anyone who's heard them like in, even in my, my friend group or whatever have like stopped in their tracks and been like this is amazing them man there can't bless me them man there can't stress me text me test me them man don't contest me even if the George them man there can't best me uh can't vex me them man there can't test me text me stress me them man don't contest me even if the George them man there can't best me them man there can't you know what you've heard is just the tip of the iceberg to be honest with you I'm, mm. I'm in the you know, Merley, Merley produced um, both tracks. Mm. And, yeah, 
both of them what they're doing in the studio they're doing backflips and acrobatics and <laughs> yeah like honestly that's just both of those songs are tip of tip of the iceberg like if i can be genuinely honest i don't know how to i don't know how to say it anymore i get a wave of jealousy every time I'm around them <laughs> you know what I mean that's it's your friends but you love them but you're like I hate you right now uh but if you are all evil on a serious note though like mm-hmm. like you know like do you have those moments like where like you're just like fuck I mean like these guys are so good and yeah. like, like self-doubt even because you, like, you don't strike me someone who does but well do you know what I I think that um I love those guys so it's easier when you love someone because then you don't want to let yourself feel those feelings when it's another person even though there's someone what's her name Chelsea Handley I think what's the, the Ch- Chelsea the comedian yes Chelsea Handler yeah yeah man she said Handler right I think it's Handler yeah um, basically what she said is like you know when you're going through jealousy tell at least one person you care about because once you've talked about it with somebody that you care about it kind of makes it easier you can laugh at yourself man what am I thinking Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, you know um, but when because it's two people that I genuinely care about as well, I tell them to their faces. <laughs> I hate you both, <laughs> and I might uh, get in a huff and then walk out the room yeah. halfway because it turns I... that jealousy into a positive. Yeah, thing, yeah, right? they, like, they, yeah, we can laugh they go about yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly because I'm I'm basically telling them and applauding because yeah, you know it's it's genuinely not really true jealousy either because you know I'm involved with you know. Uh, in sharing life with both of those people so it makes life a lot easier because you know we we all go through constructive criticism together so yeah you also spoke recently there was a podcast you did for DCU as part of their anim yes uh, thing. You, 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 I think it was a live thing you did talking about mental health and that yes. kind of thing which is a recurring thing I've written about it extensively myself and with regards to musicians and like obviously in the UK Health Musicians UK has, has come along in recent years and seems to be putting in structures and regulation that is helping I know uh, over here at home First Music Contact are currently working with First Fortnite I believe to, to, to bring something about and, tr- and try and develop a system I mean like you mentioned that you've you've, you've had a tough time for yourself like do you find that musicians need more help or like, like, like that, that we should be looking at them as like not necessarily a vulnerable sector of society but obviously there's a lot of creative energy that spend a lot of personal kind of belief and your own truth goes into what you do so like are we doing enough to look after creative types of musicians in Ireland I think you hit the nail there I think uh, creative types I think you know anybody really and I, I, I'm a creative type so I'm just gonna focus on that aspect but I believe in um, great mental well-being uh, because I've I I my little brother uh, goes through uh, bouts of depression, you know. Um, so I know I know what that's I know what that's like because I've seen it firsthand, and I also want know what mental illness is as well because someone in my family that I really love and care about also has uh, mental illness. Uh, so there's a difference in making sure your mental well-being is at its best so that you can be at your best because for a long time you can just 
say I'm fine and I'm grand. But then if you have great mental well-being, because if you your mental well-being is important because what you consume, what you put in your mind, how you do life matters. So if you have great mental well-being, it leads into other aspects of your life. So I know for me, I don't drink. The reason why I don't drink is because anytime I touch one bottle of uh, Heineken, I get severely depressed. I don't know why. I just, my mood just tanks. But for me, for my mental well-being, I'm just not going to drink because it doesn't take long for me to get sad. You know, I'm, I'm an imploder as a person. So because I'm an imploder as a person, if I'm drinking, yeah, that stuff's going to come out. Here's what I'm saying, it's all about what I'm not saying. Here's where I'm going, it's all about how I'm not feeling. I'm so selfless, don't help me, man, help yourself. Don't worry, I help you myself. I'm all in, insecure, not to mention, insecure. How can I hang out here when I'm hanging in there? But enough about me, man, how are you? Favorite line. Good. All I got from college was procrastination and excessive drinking. All I got from home was a lot of sleep and excessive thinking. You know, uh, there's someone recently said when, lang- uh, Jay-Z actually, he said, when language has reached its limit, disease sets in. Because you don't know what to say anymore. That's why it's for people that, anyone that implodes, who's, who's a bit like me, um, I got to look after myself emotionally. So if I know that language has reached its limit emotionally when it comes to A, B, C, D, you know, it could be frustrated with stuff, with family stuff. You could be frustrated in relationship stuff, work stuff, you know, questions about your own, you know, what's, you know, where do I go after I die? All these things. My, If your emotional well-being is compromised, then you got to look after yourself and see what what are you using to medicate? So you could be someone who's addicted to the phone. I was anyway, because I'm a musician. I need to see what's going on. But that's a lie because <laughs> it's a lie. You have no music on that. But, but what are you doing? You just want to see what's going on on uh, Hip Hop DX or one of these websites. Or I want to see who's killing it in this thing. But it's a lie at this point that he's medicating because so much emotional stuff that you run and run away from. Because language has reached its limit. You can't go and talk to someone about this. So for me, I had to start taking those things, peeling peeling back those things one by one by one. Because because I know that people in my family suffer with uh, mental health stuff, you know, it varying, right, to illness, to just mental health. I, I want to be at my best. So, yeah, I've been doing it for months now, taking away the things that, put me at my worst emotionally so then my mental well-being is on point and when my mental help my mental well-being is on point i can be the best god knows i can be and i think that's something that creative types we dive into work same thing that you're medicating with your work yep you know what i mean <laughs> really? yeah, no yeah. man i'm going work man yeah, man, work I'm just through. gonna go That's yeah. what, you know, like, that's that's where I'm at right now. Like, like I was saying this recently, it's just like I feel like I'm just always doing shit, and I do get a buzz from doing it, and I get a, I've got a work ethic that goes back to working in like fucking retail for ten years, like doing a good job, you know, and kind of like getting the thing done and getting it done well and feeling really proud of that. But then there's just this crash. Yeah, rest. So rest is important. So again, looking after your mental uh, mental well being. But then rest is absolutely important. This is, you know, for 
someone like me who's a workaholic. I, I'm speaking from my own personal. I, you know, this is no way telling people how to live or to live by what I'm saying because there's there's degrees, man. Everyone's got different ways that you need. If you need professional help, then seek it, please, um, because that's important too. Um, again, like I said, language reaches its limit. So before you reach your limit, you know, look after yourself. So before that happens, and for me, I know rest was a huge aspect because you think you're performing at your best because you're going and going but then you start your mind is skimp skipping stuff like you're in fight club or something you know what I'm <laughs> like yeah man that's not me but like you're some next other guy yeah, in, yeah. you yeah. know in other places and when i started resting man now i'm the best version of me because when you're tired you think you can't change when you're tired you go oh, i can't actually man this is the way I've always been. Because you're tired. You're, you're at your, your, your worst. But a little bit of rest, you're actually like, yeah, yeah, I think I can change. Yeah, I think I will go see a therapist. Because you're, you're actually more, your mind is speaking to you on, on a level that you're at your best. So the things that you actually need to get rid of, like, you know, I'm done. You know, I'm done. I, I'm deleting. So I, I delete all my apps um unless i need to use them so right now because i know i need to use twitter and instagram i use them for the next two hours but i also delete them as soon as i'm done saying what i need to say because if i see stuff it affects me what happens most of the time delete the apps completely i do yeah i delete them because when i see that my man just got a new car I think it doesn't ex- affect me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two hours later, I'm like, man, I need a new car. <laughs> but I don't need can a new you, car. Can uh, you take down that video tour you've done of your new house, please? <laughs> like, from Instagram. You see what I'm saying? But <laughs> it's just not fair. Like, yeah. But it's your. It's you think you're not taking this stuff. Whereas if you're in real time, you can deal with yourself. Mm, yeah. Whereas if, you, if this is something I'm just scrolling past, by the time that it, ten minutes has passed. You've seen 10 different people in 10 different lifestyles, 10 different countries doing 10 different things. You're going to carry all that stuff into your next conversation. Got the Monday blues in my dancing shoes. Same heads, different venue. Same beef, different menu. I got the power to inspire and offend you. Pray to God that the music will affect you and that the stories will reflect you. And although we've never met, I respect you. And it seems the closer to you, the more distance. Not saying it don't hurt, but putting in that work, going pains. Yeah, I guess the idea of real time for the self is... Uh, strange thing but uh, you know gotta reclaim it I suppose yeah you said a lot of stuff there that I was like yeah um, yeah me yeah sure absolutely <laughs> okay I guess lastly uh, what's the most important thing oh man um I just want to make sure that I um I'm the best version of myself if I'm the best version of myself I don't have to be anything for anyone or anything so no one's expectations no one's limitations no one's nothing I am going to be the best version of God knows. And if I'm the best version of God knows, then my little brother benefits. Then my cousins back in Zimbabwe benefits. You know, because they're dying of opiate addiction in Zimbabwe because we have 90-something percent unemployment. All right? If I'm here and I am not making the most of my time, bro, then what what hope do they have? They still need someone to look at and say, you know what? Yeah, man, he's doing it. Like the same way I see I see D. I'm like D did that because of creative music, man. That's awesome. I want to be like that. 
but I want them to do that about me and I'll be myself. I'm not trying to be anything or anyone or I'm not. So I want to make sure that I'm being the best version of God knows because too many teenagers are going through a very difficult time. But I think I don't find it too difficult to be the best version of myself because I'm literally not in a bind with my addictions. Of course, I still have addictions that I still suffer with, but not to a point where I can't be the best version of me. I think that's why, because they're addicted to opioid, like syrup, lean, future, Lil Wayne, same things that I used to pretend to have a styrofoam cup. Now they genuinely have the styrofoam cup and they are dying, bro. And my, you know, I want my brother to see that and go, nah, man, look at G, man. Look at what G's doing. I don't have to do that. So, but while being myself, I don't want to be anyone else's thing. I'm me for my family. I'm going to be best version of God knows for my family. And you know what? If you want to be part of my family, that's fine. God knows. Thank you so much. Mad respect. I love I love this podcast by the way. Uh yeah man. Five nights. Five nights. <laughs> Still call me up and coming. Like watch out for that kid. He up to something. Few years later, thought he was up to something. I digress. IDK and none of us will ever be here without a DJ. Bless up. That was God knows, and I just pulled a muscle in my neck. It was that good. <laughs> it really hurts. That was uh, a lovely chat with him. He was so fucking cool. He's a great he man. Cool. And if you liked that, we have another interview next week with Bridie Mons Watson, also known as Soak. Mm. As she brings out her second album, Grimtown, which is excellent. And I had the chance to catch up with her a couple weeks ago, so we'll have that for you next week. But first, Craig, take me through the news. Well, it was all really about Coachella uh, last weekend, which I tried to watch some of it. Got bits. Did this live stream not work for you? Because I found it like really... It was, yeah. I tried a few times and it was not happening. I was yeah. like, I'll come back to it. And yeah, it was very te- temperamental. Um, runs across two weekends, of course. Kanye's this Sunday. Um, I'm hoping that streams. Oh my well. God, yeah. Well, yeah, a stream. lot of stuff went down. Um, it's actually insane, the lineup they have, isn't it? It's just like... I don't it's know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you've done here is you've uh, deposited these out into kind of highs and lows. Yeah. So I think we need to have some kind of like you know um, fast-paced, tense news bulletin music, <laughs> complete with uh, like dramatic stings where appropriate. Right. So okay. let's do it. do it so ariana grande was apparently very good or as one headline put it ariana grande reshaped coachella in the image of her generation <laughs> which meant that she just brought out nsync um without <laughs> justin timberlake and she was essentially justin timberlake um and apparently she was very good doing tearing up my heart i'm sure it was amazing um it was also the gig where billy eilish finally met justin bieber which was a big mm. deal for lots of people did you see yeah, this Dave? Yeah. i saw the video James Corden was there dancing away and shouting quite loudly. If there was one man I wanted to perish slowly in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) You know, on like that dreadful, dreadful carpool karaoke thing where he just sings over all the artists you actually kind of want to hear a bit. He was doing, he just does that everywhere. It's almost like he's He's the only man you could hear in that tent. It's almost like he's a prick. (laughs) 
He seems like such an asshole. One person who's not a prick is Casey Musgraves. Um, yeah, she's a little bit country, this. though. <laughs> she, <laughs> won, <laughs> she won over Coachella, um, and she did a whole back and forth um, yee-haw thing, and then berated the crowd when she didn't say yee, and they said haw. So apparently she was quite the crowd pleaser. Um, I've a lot of time for Casey Musgraves. What do we think? Yeah, I saw a bit of the show as well. It was it was really good. She had this huge disco ball behind her that was like really yeah, cool looking. Yeah, like a lot of those songs um, off the last album are kind of custom built yeah. for those live shows. So yeah, she was on like, during the day as well, which kind of I think really suited her kind of style and yeah, stuff as well. Yeah. Great. Um, there was kind of problems galore with sounds and stuff. Uh, mm. Really affected Billie Eilish's set. She had a near disastrous set, um, which she kind of rectified. Uh, it was a bit nothing to do with her, obviously. Um, she had out Vince Staples. His mic wasn't working. Kind of was a really poor opening half, and then she came good um, yeah. against all odds. So I think it might be one of those ones where, like Radiohead back in '97 at Glastonbury, where it just like was pissing out of heavens and everything was falling apart, and it was they turned it around, and yeah, it was yeah. one of those iconic things. Maybe that'll be the case for her. Um, apparently, Maggie Rogers was great. I saw a bit of that as well. That was really good. Janelle Monae was kind of showstopper. She also appeared like at the side of stage for nearly every act. She was just really into seeing everyone, so she was everywhere at once. Um, but yeah, it was just good fun. Was it I was though, not at. Was it? Well, thank you for that succinct report. Thanks, man. Was it though? Because Coachella to me looks like increasingly like the worst thing of all time. Um, the influencer Olympics, as people have kind of dubbed it. Yeah, and it's but, definitely changed. It's barely a festival anymore. It might yeah, be. it's more of like an event of some description. But is it like really like that on the ground, or are we getting some weird, weird distorted thing? Because yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like all you're seeing is it through a filter of these influencers. So maybe when you're there, you don't yeah. notice the little the sheer of, the sheer <laughs> scale of the thing is crazy. Like yeah. when you have a look at the like the tents that are there and everything they're just so huge like um i can't decide if i'd like to go or not would you go no you wouldn't no fucking way mm. it's like the middle of like it's like a desert and some lineup though and you still can't get drink i believe is that true <laughs> you still like, can't get you drink. have to get a drink like outside and there's like certain areas and then it's like a three mile walk to get back in without any it just drink. sounds so like fire festival except it functions basically <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's kind of it, I suppose. So, if you had to go between to Coachella or Burning Man, which would you go to? Coachella, <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like at least at Coachella, people will be more concerned with themselves and won't be trying to sell me into some kind of cult situation. Yeah. <laughs> less shamans at Coachella. <laughs> Marginally, yeah. Less. I won't find myself, but I'll find myself a bit annoyed. <laughs> now, um, I will say Burning Man won't have Weezer doing no scrubs with a member of TLC. So, does that yeah, change? It's, to- it's, I feel like which we, happened at Coachella. Like I feel like Weezer should probably be like publicly sacrificed at this Weezer, point. Weezer, who created two incredible albums in the nineties, and now have become essentially like the a American smash hits yeah, <laughs> in the last yeah, yeah, year yeah. or so, that constantly play Minute College and just do all the nineties <laughs> hits and like fucking I don't know. It's Look, just just drenched. I think it's fair nonsense. to say that Weezer are a pack of fucking frauds. In unrelated news. <laughs> Key West burned down the Notre Dame Cathedral. <laughs> See that, did we? Yeah. Local busker sensations, was- <laughs> Key West, uh, who have polluted the Dublin streets for a very long time, and occasionally Galway's as well, um, are on a mission to apparently uh, reenact Norwegian church burnings because it appears, you know, like even smart money for me is on them possibly being responsible for the greatest tragedy the world has ever known, a church burning. 
you were very cynical about the whole burning down of the cathedral. It's still standing. It's fine. Everyone relax. Yeah. <laughs> they got a billion quid. It's grand. <laughs> it's more that I was very surprised by how little I had any reaction to it whatsoever. So this went <laughs> I down. I was surprised by my reaction. I was quite upset. I'm a very... Was, I've, like, said, I've said this already. I'm a really empathetic guy. I'm... I like I I am empathy's my drug, man. <laughs> but it's like, oh my God, Jesus, <laughs> who even are you anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I had one glass of whiskey. So, <laughs> but here's the thing, right? At like four o'clock, while interviewing a rock band, that's my life. Empathy's my drug. Holding a, a glass of whiskey. To, to note, I was completely taking the piss there. <laughs> but I am an empathetic guy, and I'm a sensitive guy, and I'm an emotional dude, all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't take a lot to set me off, is what I'm getting at. Here, yeah. Okay. However. Seeing endless footage of the church burning and seeing everyone on Twitter being like, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I'm devastated. And this is before it turned into, I'm going to share my holiday snaps now for yeah. about 24 hours. I just kind of. That's a very human thing. People but, just. But I, I want to I, I, I clarify here. I wasn't doing a fucking Ewan McKenna on it. I was kind of being like, this sucks. Like, that's terrible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't feel anything. I just didn't feel anything. And I was surprised at the level of. We should, we should, we should also just mention that the uh, Key West, Key did West not. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Jesus, I'm totally sorry. Yeah, yeah. Key West, we're in Paris. There and is they no. Then they put up a, a post. message yeah. saying that guys, we're fine. As Don't if worry. they were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, no, hang on. Key West have been marked safe <laughs> in the Notre Dame fire. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Full context here, please. They put up an Instagram story oh, with that horrible cursive oh, font, and it said, "Hey." hey. Like, <laughs> Seven Y's and an exclamation mark. We've seen what happened. We've seen, <laughs> off to a really bad start here, we've seen what happened in Notre Dame with like a lowercase d on the dam. <laughs> and then said, for everyone who's been asking, yes, we're okay. <laughs> How many people do you reckon we're asking? Fucking no one asked. Their mother called. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. like Their group mother. <laughs> so, and then like I looked at their, I did some. Imagine now, I know you're saying there was no reaction to Notre Dame, but imagine your first thought was, my God, aren't Key West in Paris? I don't know. Well, I, I, I did. Those iconic photos of like. <laughs> I did some, I did some detective work here, Craig. I went to, I went directly to their Twitter account. <laughs> I saw. Journalist. That they had. The last post they had made was coming off their tour, because they're, they're touring Europe somehow. Someone's bankrolling this, I don't know who. But essentially, they said, Cologne, which they played the night before, Cologne was on fire. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what a show, great tour, next stop Paris. <laughs> Jesus. And as far as I'm concerned... If that's I, that's yeah. a smoking gun right there. If, so I'm, a, if I'm a higher-ranking Interpol agent... <laughs> That's pretty Which much you all. Which could well be. I'm, I'm hoping, things crossed. Yeah. Only, only two more exams to go. Have the empathy for it. But yeah, that's enough I would need to... to <laughs> well, as we know, to, uh, in order to be a high-ranking Interpol agent, empathy is a huge part of the job, Craig. I, I, it's, 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 you know, it is, it's, it's just upsetting that you, that, that you would dismiss it. So, yes, to clarify, yes. Notre Dame is still standing. No one got killed. No, thank Key you. West didn't do it. But we don't know where they were on 9-11. <laughs> no, you can't confirm that. They're no. probably on the streets, busking. So yeah, that's that's my news for the week. <laughs> there was big news for musicians, or maybe will it be? I don't know. Uh, European copyright reforms have cleared the final hurdle at the EU. This happened on Monday. Um, the European Union's move to overhaul copyright law and update it for the online age got the final seal of approval from European governments on Monday. Um, what this really means for artists is under the new rules, Google and other online platforms will have to sign licensing agreements with musicians, performers, authors, publishers, journalists to use their work 
online and it should hopefully prevent um, stuff being uploaded without permission. Although, in practical terms, a lot of people are saying it's going to be impossible to enforce. Yeah, it's yeah just, so. you just there's no possible way you can do this. And to be honest, there's some stuff as well that, that makes this kind of awkward as well. As, a, as an artist, it's an absolute nightmare if you're assigned to a label or something, getting your get music stuff. up and in every country. And like, right. because they have all these like really, already these very kind of weird licensing laws. So like, if you stick up a video, it might only be viewable in a certain country if you sign a certain contract and stuff. Yeah. So more red tape is probably not <laughs> not what's needed, but I would say. It's the current situation, like with YouTube, if someone sticks up your music uh, without your permission, you have to for, be proactive and formally kind of say to YouTube, I need this taken down. In every uh, yeah, instance, well, yeah? You, or you, do they you have, Your upload service can also um, basically kind of monitor it for okay, you. Right. And there's there's a new system now where somebody somebody can actually put up your, your song. You can set your music to be put up as a song over somebody's video right. and you will receive the royalties of the video yeah yeah, yeah but um it's a yeah it's it's just pure awkward i don't know i don't want to be dismissive or anything guys but this isn't the sexiest story of all time do you, <laughs> do you know what is sexy though yeah, go on 54 year old canadian actor keanu reeves <laughs> i thought you'd like this one i think we can all agree um he's been reminiscing about his days in the seminal band jesus dog Christ, star dog star <laughs> i forgot they were called dog star um, not quite as good as fight star <laughs> Fightstar, <laughs> you were kind of a couple of tunes. Fightstar, have oh, we're some... gonna have this discussion. Oh now. yes, we are. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, the, the, the 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 neck muscle is is okay now. I'm ready to. I'm limbered up. Here we go. Fightstar were not a bad band. They weren't a bad band. Had their moments. Have some great songs. Mercury Summer. Do you think their uh, legacy was I was, knew, was, I knew was uh, name <laughs> Is the most underrated song of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Of all time. Of all time. You were asking me a question. He, do you think their legacy was tainted by... Charlie Simpson going back yeah. to Busted or being a Busted in the first place? Or just place? being a Busted in the first place. Of course, yeah. That, w- that definitely would have held them back. I forgot he went ring. back. He went back. Dude, they just released a second album. Okay, yeah. Or I guess probably their fourth album now. It's pay off the mortgage kind of stuff. It's upsetting because... he was so... When he left, he seemed so kind of free creatively and he was like, that was a, you know... That was a joke. He I'm done with himself that. completely from... He fucking yeah, slammed, slammed the band. The other lads were upset and then... Did some solo stuff as well in between, kind of, you know, soppy singer-songwriter stuff with the occasional good song. And Charlie Simpson's always been one of those guys where, like, he's on the periphery. It's like you're waiting for that moment where he turns really great. And then instead he just went back to Busted. <laughs> now, to be fair, a uh, friend of the show, Cole Morgan and I, did go and see Busted on their comeback tour in the Olympia Theatre. And it was so much fun. Yeah, it was it really? Yeah. Laugh, it was yeah. incredibly fun. It was just, they were really, like, good and enthusiastic. And uh, especially fun was me and Cullen being the only people there of legal drinking age. <laughs> and standing in the pit and, like, having to, like, clap, like, you know, like, our chest because we had a beer in each hand or whatever. I'm amazed the bar was even open. <laughs> <laughs> and while doing so, I was like, we look like fascists. <laughs> Jedward were there. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted about them afterwards and got in trouble. Where were they? Yeah. Oh. Not, not like me to... to <laughs> Where were they? They're like in the a, balcony. And what did you tweet? I think I said something oh, like... Oh, yeah, it was just our fans came after you. I said something like, great to see Jedward there seeing how a real pop concert is done. <laughs> or, oh, or something like that. The and then lads. I had people come after me and then they were, eventually they were like, no, no, we don't we don't preach hate. Um, yep. First rule of Jedward Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keanu's been talking to uh, GQ. <laughs> oh, we're done with Fightstar, are we? <laughs> yeah, we're done with Fightstar. Top five Fightstar songs. We're never really done. Top five Fightstar songs are uh, Mercury Summer, Polyonyx Laughter, Mono, 99. Is that a whole cover? No. Okay. 99, and also, <laughs> I guess I've had to pick a fifth one. Isn't 99 a song about the ice cream? No. <laughs> this is really upsetting. Cancelled. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come back on the fifth one. 
Anyway, Keanu <laughs> has been um, in straight talking form um, when he was reminiscing about what is described as the pseudo grunge band. Dogstar. Pseudo grunge. <laughs> They're not even grunge. <laughs> they don't like labels. Yeah, he's, he admitted, I guess it would have helped if our band was better. Um, and he did say he felt bad for the rest of the group who inevitably got painted as those dudes in that actor's band. Um, he was kind of reminiscing about some of the tours he did and he remembered playing Milwaukee's Metal Fest. Um, he got killed, he said, of the reaction from the crowd. I think we played close to Murphy's Law. Imagine. So we played a Grateful Dead cover at Milwaukee Metal Fest. Um, the writer notes that not only did Dogstar play after such revered punk bands as Agnostic Front, but also before metal groups Cannibal Corpse, uh, Deicide, or Deicide. Deicide. Yeah. Deicide. Deicide. Like deity, I suppose, yeah. And cancer. <laughs> didn't go down well. Maybe they would have been more better received in Montreal. Or Montreal, as it's also Which is officially a city of excellence. <laughs> Let's take a trip to Montreal for heavy metal. That's right. I guess the reason I want this in here is that we can shout out our brother Josh, who went not to Montreal, yes. but Toronto. Beloved brother. Safe travels, Josh. We miss you already. Please don't die. Uh, Nick Cave thinks rock music is done and dusted. He clearly hasn't heard the Fontaines. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get him a copy of the album. <laughs> yeah, he's basically... I think it was a question that started a bit like... Uh, the Me Too movement and stuff so it's a dodgy way to go but he was talking about how everyone's being censored these days um, and what did it mean for kind of art's future um, and he's been saying that you know rock and roll's always been for people that will push the boundaries and say what they want and um, maybe in this kind of era of extreme censorship it will go away and come back even stronger mm. maybe he's making a point about how everyone's kind of I mean we talk about so beholden to criticism he goes he goes into uh, like a kind of an interesting all yeah, he does. Are, it's like it's, it's it is a pretty interesting outlook where he, he's like maybe he just needs to die for a while and like not come back. Um, but then he also does kind of go on to talk about the um, this idea of separating the art from the artist, which is a thing that most people are kind of talking about at the moment. Yeah, um, and kind of struggling with us. Yeah, it's an and, interesting and conversation. He kind of says that you have to make a personal choice um, and decide basically. So no answers there. <laughs> basically, get over to Dublin, Nick. It's all happening. Frank Ocean did an interview. You said now that this yeah, isn't, it, is it is newsworthy to... because he never does interviews. <laughs> he's got stuff to clear up. <laughs> I'm six one, not five ten, says Frank Ocean. Uh, he's on the cover of the new issue of Gay Letter. Um, he opened up about a lot of stuff. Um, clearing up he's kind of is Wikipedia saying he's 5'10 he was joking of course um, he said he has to correct the kids on his height he also gets into deeper stuff about the release of Endless and Blonde and more pertinently the kind of label situation he was around uh, he was trying to sort out at the time um, he was trying to close out it as we kind of guessed um, pretty much but he was talking about I guess getting out of that deal and the amount of liberation he has and how he feels that labels are kind of using kind of dangling kind of old outdated um, milestones and tropes of success as he calls it uh, in front of artists and bands of like here's what we can offer you and he's saying they actually don't mean anything anymore what matters is owning your masters and doing whatever you want and I mean he's really doing it right isn't he (laughs) like it's it's pretty impressive so is our new spin on Songs of the Week, I think we can all agree. <laughs> That's right. In case you're just tuning in for the first time to the show, we used to do five songs a week that were fairly random. Now we've honed it down to three with admirable precision. <laughs> Who's going first? I'll go first. All right. Let's play the music. Make me psychotic, you pull away, you take 
right, Dottie, what are we just here? Uh, so this is Mark Ronson's new um, single with Licky Lee. Um, it's uh, Mark Ronson's kind of an interesting character because he. He's I'm gonna a, stop he's you right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a producer that's kind of like he has worked with so many people. You know, obviously Amy Winehouse is the, the well known one. You know, uh, he's worked with Lily Allen and Adele and Miley Cyrus and Bruno he's Mars. Worked with them all. He's worked with all, all the big ones. Do you know? Up to, do you know Uptown Funk has 1.3 billion views on on YouTube? It's been sued for like plagiarism by five times. Completely. Yeah, yeah. So what's what's <laughs> kind of interesting by about him is that like he. He does tend to be whether whether successful or not. He does tend to produce without actually thinking about what the current trends are. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, he's so and he's kind of well known for that. Where he does actually have a lot of sway in where the music industry and pop as a whole goes. So like he will come out with like say Amy Winehouse and like do something with pop that people haven't really seen before and then people will follow that trend if you know what I mean he's done the kind of the country thing with Miley Cyrus and that's kind of pulled back up again Um, that song did not age well it didn't age well it didn't age well at all and this song is is kind of interesting as well because it sounds so much like a jungle track like it really, really sounds like a jungle track, it, yeah. um, and I think it's it's okay. It's part of this. Uh, it's part of this record that he's about to release, um, which is basically a, a group of sad bangers. He's calling it, um, and basically it's just that that idea of like uh, you know sad songs done with like up tempo, enjoyable kind of thing. Which I, I kind of do really like that idea. Um, so I think- what you're saying is he's discovered Matthew Deere. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, like Robin would be the well-known sad banger queen, I would say. Uh, like, Dancing on My Own is probably the best of those things. And yeah. it, that, it's a kind of an interesting thing with music as well, where, you know, if you you can sing a sad song but really enjoy singing I, it. Yeah, I'd shout, out, kind of I'd shout out Sally Shapiro on that as yeah, well. Yeah. And Annie as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's a, yeah, like it's a kind of trick as old as time really. But when it's yeah. done well, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, so I'm really interested to see like what the record's going to be like. So Licky Lee is in two tracks. Miley Cyrus is on the album. Um, Alicia Keys is on the album. There's a new, there's a, there's a big single from Camilla Cabello that's coming out pretty soon. Angel Olsen is also on the record. Um, so yeah it'll be interesting um, he won't get the David Byrne treatment then for not involving enough women on his record definitely not it's hey, all how does yeah. he feel about empathy do we know I don't know I think he he's big on him. empathy yeah he I'd collaborates with a lot of people empathy. he's a producer does he, although actually being a producer I don't know <laughs> 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 they're not always the most does he regard people. it as a substance is the question <laughs> I actually have a lot of time for Mark Ronson I mean he's I genuinely thought you were going to say I actually have a lot of time for empathy <laughs> <laughs> I do as well my so yeah. best friends are empathy um, you know like album wise he's not always you know firing on all cylinders and you can be a bit hit and miss but I think he actually is a genuine like hardcore music fan and yeah, he's like a connoisseur exactly. he's got really good taste and when he's kind of like when he hits it, he's really good. I think he's such he's such a hit and miss. <laughs> no, artist. Sorry, no, it's just like the, the, the phrase "hardcore music." I, I just imagine. Do you know what about? No, like, no, he's no, no, obsessive. No, 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 no. Do you know I, what I mean? I imagine like he's, him listening. Yeah, he's a good <laughs> understanding of pop music. And I yeah. imagined him listening to Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laughed. Let's listen to some South Korean pop music. <laughs>
Yeah, that's right. It's BTS, one of the biggest bands in the entire world, with a song called Home from their new album, which is a seven-track record and very short. And, I mean, like, if anyone doesn't know who these guys are, most people in the world do. They're fucking colossal. Huge. And they're also yeah. kind they're of They're on somehow, Norton. <laughs> yeah. They're also somehow... That was such a weird, like... I, yeah, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, it was stuff. great, but I, yeah. They're somehow kind of hipster-friendly as well. They are. And I, I'm wary of that because I think it, there's a degree of kind of, like, exoticism that always comes with I know they kind of sing in English sometimes but also Korean but I think sometimes people can be drawn in by oh it's a different culture and mm. I can't quite figure out what it is and of course we're yeah. all lured in by that um, which remains to be seen if that's a good thing or a bad thing yeah. or, or if they actually can make a proper western impact I mean like are they going to play three arena anytime soon I mean I think if anyone's going to do it it's going to be them right I, mean, I like, think so I think I was like, like Girls Generation was, was coming close mm. didn't Baby Metal come over and do like huge tours over here they're still yeah they're still a thing and obviously they're very yeah. young and it's kind of part of the gimmick but Baby Metal are, like, are a bit of fun. Yeah, there is, I guess, an, a, an interesting kind of discussion to have on this kind of thing where, like, because the culture shock is literally a culture shock, like, mm-hmm. we don't know... It's very easy for us and for other Westerners to look at Japanese or Asian culture or whatever and, you know, be like, oh, that's so quaint, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Avril Lavigne famously did it terribly in a video uh, which was rightly lambasted for being Gwen cultural Stefani? appropriation. Gwen Stefani as well, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, when does this... You know, like like. Are are you enjoying this ironically, effectively? And yeah. is that a bit questionable? Well, I think they're doing like they're quite well placed themselves to take from kind of other cultures and like there's a lot of very American Western influences in what they do. So it really is just a fusion. Yeah, like as K- opposed to K pop in general was yeah. always this kind of thing where it was like mirroring like yeah, American. Western pop music but just turned up to like eleven in yeah. terms of like pop levels. Now, I mean, with this track and a lot with a lot of BTS stuff, I don't think it's as like K-pop, as as some of the other acts would be. Mm. I think this is a little bit more... It's definitely, like, world-facing as opposed to... It's Western to, influence Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. I mean, Halsey's on the record. They sing in yeah. English. And it's a good track. I liked it. I love this track. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the best track on the album, and the album itself is good. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. has a good, it. like, PC music feel to it with the bass lines and everything. Yeah, like, it's got, like, moments, for sure. Yeah. And it does move, and it is that thing of, like, you know, you can see the colours coming off the fucking screen. Mm-hmm. It... Take, it lifts you up, it kind of shakes you around, and it's not what you're going to listen to every day unless you happen to be yeah, big into frantic. K-pop. The hook is good, but this they track seem... is. I think this track is great. I think this track actually like manages to capture like. I can imagine it being like a really good centerpiece live. I think it manages to kind of deal well with boy band getting off the stool tropes. Mm. Uh, it's that thing as well we talked about with the Backstreet Boys album, where it's it's pretty much a song about being like you know I'm on tour and I miss you know yeah. the, the the comforts of home. Yeah, it's called home, and. It, I keep going back to it. Like I think by the end of it, I find myself being like, "This is fucking like lockpick tight. Like this mm. is really good." I th- yeah, I don't know. It felt slightly messy to me. Like it's a bit of a kind of Frankenstein's trap pop monster of just like you kind of know you can see the influence of what they're doing, but they execute it quite well. Mm. They seem like they get across their personality. Like their voices are quite good. It doesn't seem like this bland anonymous boy band thing. That's true. Like they all feel like. They're all the Robbie Williams of the group, except like yeah. I'd rather on this than, for example, that thing we talked about before, like the Now United thing that the your man Simon, oh, yeah. Simon Fuller's putting together. Oh, God, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. What's what's happening with that? It's still the thing. Like I haven't fully. I, it is interesting. They how, had videos uploaded and stuff. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. moving. Like yeah. it, it's still. I, I guarantee if we look at their YouTube channel now, it'll still be there. But like until they decide to make an all-out assault, then I guess you know, like that's. Everything is everything is a campaign. Like like yeah. indie bands have campaigns. You have a fucking PR campaign for your album. I do. How's that going, by the way? Going grand. Going good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have it. It's all in the bag. I just have to like build up to the release now. It's in the bag. I'm trading on the live band at the moment as well. You tried to get Madonna, and that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No, she wasn't having any of it. She said she wasn't doing anything, but that was a lie. 
It was a lie. Because she's back. And it sounds like this. Song is called Medellin. Yeah, we built a cartel just for love. She sings next to a Colombian pop star. I took, <laughs> I took like, a drug and went to sleep. Or what was it? Fucking, oh, uh, this is yeah, shite. She went into a dream. Um, it's her very, very much capturing the zeitgeist of people taking mind-altering substances and finding themselves. Because um, remember, <laughs> about that. how topical. Oh well, it's just it's <laughs> like, considering like Joe Rogan's podcast is so massive, and that's maybe. 40% of what he talks about is just like, yeah, go to the jungle and just, you know, do some DMT and you'll see all the goblins that will tell you how to fix your life. Yeah. Um, so I think she's tapping into some of that. Listen, we, we kind of had to cover her. Biggest we selling female artist of all time. Yeah, um, it's big news as well. It is big news. She's returning. Uh, Madonna, Madge. Madam X. Mo, Madam X. Um, first of her name. Breaker of Chains. <laughs> oh, we talk Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh yeah, go on. It was grand, not great. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it I was, was good. It was going to be a bit of bit fancier. I mean, it, it, they had to always, put pieces in place. Game of Thrones, ninety percent of the time, the first four or five episodes is just exposition. Yeah, yeah but so there's only six episodes. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I enjoyed know. it. It was for, fine. I'm gonna like. I'm determined to just enjoy it for what it is because just such a limited amount yeah. of it left, and just be like, I enjoy even the bits that I'm gonna complain about. Do you know what I mean? What about John and Danny riding? Well, hold a on, hold on, dragon. Oh, sorry. What? People haven't watched it. As yet. It's been out for over a week know, now. We're almost a week now. Yeah, that stage. was very. I did like the very re- ropey. <laughs> I did like the sitcom level reaction shot of the dragon looking at them making out, presumably doing more than just making out. And I'm like, wow, dragon likes to watch. Huh? There's a fucking amazing reference. Someone put up that like screenshot of the dragon's look. It was like, there's a Limmy sketch which is really fucked up and weird, and I couldn't even begin to describe it properly. But like, they just referenced that and quoted like, "That's your nephew, Daenerys," and I was gone. Um, Madonna fans right now aren't happy that we're using this. Topic no, so the name of this track is Medellin. Um, it's off the album Ma- uh, uh, Madam X, which is also her new alter ego. Um, so she's always been a bit of a pop shapeshifter in the mold of a Bowie. Um, usually she spaces out the kind of alter egos over space of like mm. four or five years, or at least an album. But no, on this, um, she is Madam X, which means that she is a secret agent traveling around the world, changing identities, fighting for freedom, bringing light to dark places. It continues. She is a dancer, a professor, a head of state, a housekeeper, an equestrian, (laughs) a prisoner, a student, a mother, a child, a teacher, a nun, a singer, a saint, a whore. Covering covering all the bases, so I guess, yeah. Um, and this is Latin pop. She's talked about how this album will be basically her return to her like Latin roots and you know some of her best stuff. The Isla Benita, which is Stone Cold Classic, yeah. drew on that a lot. This doesn't quite work. It's the garbage. Only bit of it that works. It's is, absolute garbage. Um, maybe Maluma, who's the Colombian pop artist she enlisted. He's actually his vocal performance is quite decent. Um, I was worried he might be a kind of pitbull type, but he's, he's quite all right. <laughs> How presumptuous. <laughs> I, I thought it was absolute garbage. Now, I've seen, I mean, again, kind of even following on from the BTS discussion, I have seen people kind of saying that, like, unless you're a member of the gay community, you're not going to understand this. You're not going to understand, like, the, the, oh, the, really? the reverence and the, the, uh, the icon that Madonna is. 
Um, I mean, you can recognize the. Uh, are they referencing the actual song itself? I can't speak for the, I can't speak for the gay community, but I but I can say like. Did, 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 <laughs> I'm glad did, you cleared that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the smatterings of what I've seen effectively are just kind of saying that like this isn't made for straight white men. So fair enough. But as a straight white man. But it's specifically made for the gay community. Who is a music this critic? This is made like this is just. I I, I reserve the right to comment on a, a a huge pop song and a comeback of a pop star. I mean, uh, the, the, the I comeback think it's is great and like horrendous. The, but it's good that she's coming back, I guess. But the song is really, really bad. Yeah, like, like I think it's, it's well intentioned in terms of. I like that it's not. It is a bit try hard, but I like that it's not her being like I need a fucking big radio hit and it needs to be a yeah. pop banger. Like it's a bit more mellow. Like it could have been interesting. It's maybe her going for a slightly more experimental ray of light stuff, but it's just also not she appears to be milling around like she's fucking like just started playing Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. And while that was a fun game to play, the story was all over the place. Man, get it together. <laughs> like I do, I find a lot of her output certainly of late exasperating. Uh, I don't think Rebel Heart did much. Uh, Dahi, I know you liked MDNA. Yeah. Oh. Wow. You know, I think I find her exasperating because like a kind of hold out hope that she'll have a like another renaissance or something nah, like the likes over. of hung up was incredible terrible song hung up you don't think hung, hung up, up is was good? great it's brilliant that whole album is fantastic the use of that abbas album sample is ingenious her last good song was frozen that's a great song but no hung up is phenomenal um where do you stand on where do you stand on die another day <laughs> on its neck <laughs> <laughs> Anderson Pack has a new album. It sounds like this. Telling each other we're the one. We would make love at the drop of a hat. Remember that? Yeah. I remember you and me. Closest in the two can be. Now we're strangers in the night. Awkward in the tight. So yeah, about six months ago, he brought out Oxnard. We weren't that impressed by it. I was. We saw him. <laughs> well, I liked it. I mean, it wasn't we saw him, we saw I liked him, it as well. We yeah. saw him live in the Olympia Theatre and it may be the best gig we'll see all year. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic gig. It was incredible. Here comes Ventura. It's been out now for a week. I've listened to it a bunch and I couldn't tell you much about it. Yeah. Um, it's a strange one. I mean, he's spilled this as like... Uh, two beaches of this this one was supposed to be there were supposed to be two different almost characters and, and two different styles and everything but like god when you get into it it's not that different to Oxnard really I mean Oxnard is probably more kind of about flex and like a but more about like kind of yeah. confidence building whereas this is a bit more of like a we're at the party love now. album kind yeah of we're at the party right? we're having fun um, but it's just more of the same and I'm worried I'm worried about him because essentially you know, like, and he recorded this at the same time as Oxnard, right? Yeah, Dre produced. Like, oh, like, there's just too much music now. Like, he yeah, should have totally. Cut and it down. But he said this. He said this in an interview recently where he said, um, "I never get to see my kids. My wife's like annoyed me because I'm always in the studio. Like, I'm obsessed being in the studio. Yeah, it's showing, mate. Like, yeah, you absolutely. don't need to. And like, again, we've talked about this before, but like, not here to say don't do that, artist. You know, live your yeah. life, do whatever the fuck you want. And we saw him live, and he's clearly having a great time, and an incredible showman, has great songs. But like, to go from what you've previously released yeah, yeah, to yeah. this 
and like it should be said like I mean obviously the instrumentation on this is incredible like they're all amazing players like it's obviously sounds like really well produced it sounds great but just the songs aren't really there I mean yeah. I think I think Jet Black is quite a good song I think it's, it's like, fantastic yeah I think it's like a really really good pop song um, and I, I do like Come Home I think Andre Andre's verse on it is incredible and like really really good and it's a great opener well here's the thing you've nailed it there when you said like the songs aren't quite there that's the case There's, there, there isn't even like any big duds here like say yeah. Six Summers off the last record which I yeah, think yeah, is yeah. absolutely career low but there's also nothing uh, there's not even a Who Are You there's not even a, like mm-hmm. a moment where I'm like oh man that's amazing I'm going to go back to that every time I listened to this album it washed over me in, in a way that was really really disposable and I was just kind of thinking like this is fine it's, I'm having a good time but I couldn't tell you anything about it I mean, I certainly think you can tell it was recorded at the same time in terms of that very clean production, which I don't think really suits him. I think he needs a yeah, bit more. You, you kind want of, something a bit more like, like that No Worries album where you had just kind of messed up beats and yeah. him bouncing off knowledge and kind of that juxtaposition worked really well. But I do think this is a big improvement on the last record. Yeah, I, yeah, I actually really kind of enjoyed this. I agree there's no like stone cold kind of like like indelible choruses or just kind of knockout pop songs. But I think as a kind of sustained mood, it's great. And I think his performance performances are he feels more in control of this one like mm. he's been talking about the process of doing Oxnard and Ventura and with Oxnard it was like it was like his big kind of commercial unveiling on Aftermath and it was him working with Dr. Dre's like kind yeah. of mentor and it was like the kid kind of realizing his dreams of like doing this G-Funk kind of rap album Kendrick was on it and it felt like he was limiting himself or trying to bend himself to Dre's will and kind of make that kind of album which didn't suit him I think on this and he's talked about how for all these tracks Dre was like okay you just kind of do whatever you want you seem to have it blah 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 and I think he's a bit unleashed this is way more his kind of style and I think it showcases him really well as like a band leader like there's a lot of him on the drums on this and I think he controls the rhythm switch ups in some of the songs brilliantly I think some of his vocal performances are really infectious Jet Black is one of the songs of the year I think and think there was so a lot good. a lot I loved on this should also be noted that Brandy features on that song and she's fantastic she's excellent so good. Yeah. yeah more Brandy please. hasn't lost a step um, yeah, well, I think w- one testament to this record is there's so many amazing kind of guest spots but I don't think I don't think the kind of spotlight has taken off him. I feel like he's more in control. Yeah. And like the the last record, the Push T song, Brothers Keeper, it felt like a Push a T song, which yeah, is yeah, a yeah. bit of Anderson Pack. Whereas here, and- Andre 3000 does a great verse and it feels like it's serving the song. Yeah. Smokey Robinson, it feels like it's kind of up to the standard of a Smokey song, but he's just kind of there in the background. I thought the closer with Nate Dogg was unbelievable considering Nate Dogg's been dead for how long and it just felt like really kind of fresh yeah, they like yeah. were bouncing off each other I was like a bit taken aback by how good it was so yeah there is like there's definitely some low points uh, the likes of yada yada I don't think King James works and I don't yeah. think he can do kind of social or political commentary that well it's not unless what he's I, talking about personally it's, again not, not to like ever tell an artist their job but it's not what I want from Anderson Pack. I don't want social commentary from him I'm happy for him to to make music that is worth sinking into, which he, we know we can do. And it's strange because I'm kind of getting a serving of that on this. And, and as is much there as, too much, as I was saying, kind of production sheen on it? Well, no, is I mean, it almost like, too kind of like... I, I, I felt amorphous or something. I mean, like, like or formless, because it should be noted, like, I enjoyed this. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to give it a bad rating. I'm, I will go back to it because it's very easy listening mm. but again I don't want easy listening from Anderson Pack. I yeah. want to be challenged a little bit like, not- we talked we talked last week about how Fontaine's and you know you guys were kind of saying that like 
you know, there's nothing that new here that like people had done the stuff before. And I think you can kind of say something similar about this as well. Like, I mean, fair, the yeah. style of music that's in it. I mean, the Smokey Robinson, for instance, like, <laughs> I think it does sound like a Smokey Robinson. It's an track. old school song. Like, track. Yeah. The whole the whole record feels like that. I don't really feel like there's much new in here. I would love to see. I think you're probably right. Like with the production thing, if he had gotten some really interesting, weird production, yeah, or got like a really strange kind of different, like you, you could be like breaking into something kind of new and more interesting. That's the big disappointment, isn't it? Because it didn't feel like the Free Nationals were enough of an identity, yes, identity exactly, presence yeah. on this. They're yeah. maybe not challenging him enough. So maybe it is that thing as we're saying with like a producer like Knowledge, where you know he's serving him these beats, where he's going, okay, how do I wrap myself around this yeah. and kind of really rise to the occasion but they yeah, felt yeah. more like a backing band for any old session musician like to, to, to come in there and just you know like serve the main guy and that's clearly the arrangement and that's okay but again but one of the best backing bands I mean there's a couple the of thing. tracks on here that you're like the internet for example would die for seeing this guy back seeing them live again and again the live setting is clearly meant to be a different experience but they were so they had it felt like a unit it felt like a yeah. band yeah, yeah. with an incredible frontman. I kind of wanted that on record and I don't think I got it no, I don't think so either. Yeah, I just don't think there's enough interesting here to make it like a really, really great album. There's definitely shining moments, but yeah. Ratings? I mean, six. There's just nothing to really say yeah, about it. Okay. It's enjoyable. Yeah. It's pleasant. Do better. Die? Yeah, I'll probably go six as well. Like I, again, I just couldn't get a handle on it. I think I'm the same as you. Craig's got a right. I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> oh, I've, is... I've been listening to it nonstop, and I like there's very like apart from yada yada King James. The, uh, the Pharrell uh, the Pharrell song what is Pharrell doing <laughs> Twilight it just comes bludgeoning in you were talking yourself out of this eight the, those the, three tw- aside <laughs> three three out of eleven what does that make seven <laughs> <laughs> no oh, I think you're mine. it makes eight <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Jet Black is incredible Jet Black is Yeah and that's that the one Nate You take away If you're listening fantastic. to this record Just take out Jet Black I thought the Nate Dog Closer Was weak as fuck Really No it was but totally what, Bone what am I gonna do Like fucking beat on a dead man Oh I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was so atmospheric It was great His vocals are just Oh R.I.P. Nate Dog In other news <laughs> Someone has uh, quote tweeted My Fontaine's article And said the following Interesting view I disagree mind you Which I guess probably sums up The Dave Hanready experience In general <laughs> This episode of No Encore was engineered by our lovely and trusty sonic architect, Eve Murray, in the other listening corner. And so I watched from afar his self-titled album turned 10 years of age. Did it? Feel old. Great album. Feel yeah, old. I do a bit. Um, uh, they're doing no, some... Not diddly eye at all. No. Well, there you go. I mean, like, it's <laughs> and not... A, an Irish sounding album, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they're doing a couple of uh, reunion gigs, or anniversary gigs, rather, for that. And so I watch from afar, I think, are one of the better bands this country has produced. Mm-hmm. I think, obviously, the style of music they play... You do kind of end up in corners, and they've done that over the years, but I'm glad that they're still a force. Incredible live, and not only did I go back to this album, but it just led me straight into the next album, which I think is a better album, <laughs> Gangs, and uh, it's incredible. One of my favourite stories about it so much from Fire was uh, Googie from The Roasting Dove, my manager, wanted them to play for a New Year's Eve party, and uh, he said that if they played for the New Year's um, party, he would get tattooed on stage, their logo on his on his hand. And it happened. So they played New Year's Eve in the Roisin Dove at the height of their like unbelievable prowess. They could have done any venue in the country. Nice. like. And on stage, he was getting the logo tattooed on his arm. I think he said the hand, and I was thinking I've never seen that. No, it's on his arm. It's okay, it's a good logo. Good logo. It is. Really yeah, good logo. You have to get a cool logo. on a t-shirt. Yeah. Cool band. Great to hear from them as always and great to go back and revisit. Craig, what you got? Uh, Kevin Abstract dropped another three tracks. It's becoming 
I think it's going to end up being an album. Uh, we yeah. talked about his uh, release last week. Uh, it's more good stuff. Ghetto Baby, check that out. I went back to Marina's release, um, Love. And there's two or three really interesting kind of synth-poppy songs on that. So that's maybe worth checking out. Hmm. It made me go back to LaRue's, much maligned, I think, Trouble in Paradise album from about four years ago. Which is just like... I gave it a six at the time. There's some great songs There are. And as a matter of fact, it's weird that you kind of mentioned this because the other day while walking to work, Let Me Down Gently came on. Hmm. And I was just thinking, this is one of the most underappreciated pop songs of the last five, six what years. What happened? It just sank without a trace. Don't know. That song in particular is astonishingly good. It's mm. absolutely perfect in every single way. For me, the album was a little bit too... It, it kind of tethered itself too much to it, to what it was doing. Well, but there is a song on it called Sexotech, which is... Not great. <laughs> immediately not, going to deduct Not points. great. But even like, you know, like the, the lead single, like... Uh, up, up, up Tight Downtown. Up Tight Downtown. Yeah, it's great is, song. Is great. Yeah. yeah, she's really cool. I don't know. I mean, like, is she still doing music? Come back, Larry. We miss I think you. she writes for other people a lot so hopefully mm. she's doing well Die. Uh, I'm listening to an artist called Coffee uh, there's a track and an EP called Rapture um, Coffee's Michaela Simpson uh, she's kind of like a reggae pop artist I would say but uh, currently being championed pretty heavily by BBC Radio 1 it's like a proper exactly what BBC Radio 1 would be looking right. for for their party kind of stuff really worth a listen it's like really really good pop music in a kind of a with a reggae t- a bit like kind of Rihanna's later stuff and kind of stuff yeah. like that you know uh, so definitely worth a listen it's really good as noted, next week on the show, we'll be talking to Soak. Don't know what we're doing album-wise yet. We haven't found out, have we? Mm. We'll sort it out. Oh, do you know what I did? I was going to do something for the show, and then I was too busy. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> I subscribed to Amazon Prime to get that Guavo Island thing, the oh, Childish yeah. Gambino film. I just didn't get time to watch it. But now I've subscribed, like long-time listeners to the broadcast will know, occasionally subscribe to different platforms and then forget. So now I've got Amazon Prime. Uh, so we'll see how Prime that goes. expensive, isn't it? It's like it's like thirteen quid a month, or but it's a it's a kind of thirty day free trial. Yeah. I think. How does that help us with the album? No, I'm gonna watch the Guava Island thing and report I'm just back. That's a good call. Um, I might try and do that yeah, as well. Actually, it's quite, it could be interesting. Oh, sorry, uh, getting mixed reviews. Mm. Yeah. One thing I I remembered uh, I meant to say at the start of the show was uh, I was working last weekend when Tiger Woods won the Masters. Oh, yes. oh yeah. So Tiger Woods won the Masters last last weekend and like you know, the big comeback, his first major since 2008. Everyone thought he was wrote off. We all forgot about some of the more scummy stuff that he's been doing. Yeah, he got caught up in the moment a bit. Yeah, we all got caught up in the moment. I mean, with the tournament, not the scummy stuff. So he wins the Masters, and I'm in work watching the TV, and like... um, Scenes of euphoria. Everyone, people crying, children running freely, and everyone having a great time. It was, it was bizarre. bizarre. If you didn't follow golf, it was the most bizarre thing ever. Because like Tiger the last Woods. time Tiger Woods was there, he was like the villain of the golf yeah. world. Everyone loves a comeback. Loves comeback. Yeah, Roger yeah. Federer was saying for me. I hate Roger That's Federer. That's been said so many times in the last week. I, I hate Roger Federer for years, and then I was thinking this guy's actually really like. Yeah, there was a moment where they were listing like all his kind of injuries, and they had like compilations of people being like, "He's a terrible golfer. You should just give up." And you're kind of like, "Ah, yeah." Fair play, he was course. written yeah. off he was, as being washed for a very long time. But the reason I mention this is because I was kind of enjoying the moment and I was thinking, oh, this is like a cool moment, like it's a big sporting thing. And Butch Harmon, who's a commentator with great name, Butch Harmon, he said, like, footage of Tiger Woods walking triumphantly, and Butch Harmon goes, Tiger's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Golf <laughs> is back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> golf is back. 
And then Tiger Woods goes into the fucking the fucking fortress of solitude, the fucking cavern of contemplation to get his green jacket, killing all the atmosphere, he goes into this garden shed for about ten minutes, right? And sits down with a bunch of other people in green jackets. And then the guy's like, Well, of course, Tiger, it's great to have you back. It's been a very long time since you wore a green jacket, and it's just great to see you press it on again. I was like, This is astonishing. Like this is killing the moment. Yeah. I'm <laughs> killing like, my own podcast here, but Americans who are usually so good at like milking that kind yeah, of spectacle yeah, yeah, to yeah. just nullify Should be like it fireworks at the end. Yeah, and yeah. Fucking... Tiger's back, golf is back, and Kabina, our is friend, also is also back. Yes, Sean Arthur, Dublin native, lives in Amsterdam. Mister Amsterdam, on Mister Amsterdam. We recently featured a remix he did for Bouts, and he has now gone out on his own. Finally, he's been talking about it, talking about it enough, haven't you, mate? Uh, <laughs> he's put out his own track. Do he tell us about it? Because you were kind of involved. Uh, yeah. So his new single is uh, "Does It." Features the Say, who uh, is an amazing vocalist who was working on one of my tracks last year as well. Um, I did a remix for this track as well, uh, and they're both worth checking out. I mean, he's really, really interesting. This EP is going to be really, really good. He kind of based it off um, poetry that he worked on with um, the vocalists and then basically it's a very much like an EP with collaboration in mind um, this is a fantastic track definitely worth a listen excellent thank you for closing out our show this week Kabina and um, we'll be back next week my name is David Hanready this has been No Encore there will be No Encore go listen to Girl Band <laughs> I don't know bye listen to Kabina <laughs> after this <laughs>
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.